0: Yeah,
1: I keep trying to tell you You can't keep me on a leash No matter how hard you train me I'll do what I want in the end And you can't disagree But they make it so hard to be faithful They make it so hard on me This week, so we got a very, very special guest This is actually my mentor um, We have Jen Velez um, Jen, you can give a short background of who you are, and why you're so special this week.
2: Aw, you're so nice. <laughs> well, it's a, let me just say it's an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting oh. me. Wow. Like you said, my name is Jen Velez, and I'm actually a USC alum, so fight on. Uh, I am an editor at Grammy.com, which is the Recording Academy's website. So really quickly, what we do is, of course, the Grammys happens once a year, but the Recording Academy does a whole bunch of stuff throughout the year. And so uh, my job is to work on features, uh, artist interviews before the world shut down, go to music festivals and just talk to artists about music and how awesome it is. So that's basically what I do.
1: And the first... Thing that I, like, thought of, like, when you first told me that you work for the Grammys was the fact that, like, I just wonder what your timeline was like. Because I know, like, the Grammys have these moments every year. It's like, when they announce, like, who got nominated, it's like, that's all people talk about. Then with the actual Grammys, that's all people talk about. I wonder if it's like that for you. Like, okay. Like, I gotta work work this week. Like, I gotta really... <laughs> I'm gonna be in the, like, office for, like, 24 hours. Is that how it is for you?
2: So, yeah. I mean, the Grammys is, uh one of the biggest things that the Recording Academy does, the Grammy show. So every year, it's like, imagine finals a week when you have a final every day. Horrible. You know what I mean? Horrible. You're like constantly going <laughs> hey. back and forth. Um, Pre-COVID, it was like, you know, the Grammys, the show is on a Sunday, but we have a whole bunch of events that week. So it's like in the past, I've been to like, Billboard Power 100 on Tuesday, Music Care's Person of the Year on Saturday, and then the Grammy show on Sunday. So it is a really wild week every year. And even though it's moved, everything's moved digitally this year, it's still a really busy week. But um, when the Grammys are over, we have a whole bunch of initiatives, projects and interviews going on. So it's busy too but obviously not as busy as this week
1: and one of those projects was the uh black music collective which i've been like reading about and it's kind of like apparently it was like an uh initiative that started because like the grammys were getting a whole bunch of i guess slander for their uh representation of black artists so you could just like give a short breakdown of that week i mean well what that initiative is that'd be dope
2: Right. So the Recording Academy, you know, and, and I'll speak to this as an editor, um, launched the Black Music Collective, which is a new collective that is creating more space for Black artists, Black music creators, in and out of the grammy show so it's a really awesome initiative that is um that launched and actually they're having their first grammy week event tomorrow so it's gonna be a really really awesome uh event her is gonna be there um janelle monet uh will also be featured in talk with Issa ray who's also doing such amazing things with music even though you know she comes from television um, so yeah there there is a a lot of awesome things going to happen at that event and it it basically is a space to celebrate blackness and we all know that uh, black creators black musicians have given so much to to the music industry and there couldn't be pop music there couldn't be rock there couldn't be a lot of genres with without um black creators so it you know the, the collective is uh not just bringing more awareness but also celebrating
1: now the genre point has been a point that uh chance kind of goes crazy with weekly he's um he started a hashtag last episode i forgot what it was it was like uh gatekeep r&b he thinks um r&b <laughs> is the last uh the last genre the last genre that uh black artists have left
2: you think so, so uh, <laughs> I'm you curious know, about that thought. How, Like, why? Why do you think
3: that? That we exclusively dominate?
2: <laughs> or that it'll be the, the last genre <laughs> Not the genre NBA.
3: <laughs> I don't know. When I think of, like, all the genres, like, rock and roll, like, basically every genre was really started by black people. And, you know, eventually it got, like, taken over. Like, black people no longer, like, run rock and roll or run even country music. So I would say, like, Hip hop is almost the same thing. Like we're seeing more and more, like, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like what's popular, I don't think it, like reflects like what it what it what it was. If that makes sense.
2: And see, that's interesting because you have artists like Drake saying, "What I'm doing, rap, right?" And some artists that do R and B, like we're pop. So, I think that's super interesting. There are people that are like. We're the mainstream. We're not R and B anymore. But then there are people like you that are that are like, let's you know R and B is R and B. So I think that that's super interesting. What do you think about that? What do you think about people saying like uh, rap and R and B like are are pop and should be seen as pop?
3: Are like the popular music? I think yeah. I think that's true. Like may, maybe R and B a little less so, but definitely hip hop has become like the most popular genre. Just in like, we're just seeing it with Travis Scott and like all the artists who are, who are getting the big deals who are uh, like really transcending music are all like coming from hip hop. And I guess R&B too with like The Weeknd. So I would say they are the most popular genres, but I, don't, I wouldn't call them pop. Like I feel like pop is still pop, even though it's not like the most popular genre. Like you just know what pop sounds like.
2: I feel like rap is pop. You hear rap everywhere.
0: I agree. I agree. I, no, rap, I feel like it it's sounds the most- so basic now. Like, it <laughs> sounds so <laughs> yeah. just like made in a factory now. Same patterns and stuff. There's some different stuff out there. But like in terms of what you hear on the radio, like or in supermarkets or grocery, like H&M, it's all <laughs> the same stuff.
2: <laughs> I agree. Well, you, go, yeah. you go to you, Mexico, you hear it. You go to Europe, you hear it. You go everywhere
0: hear it i would say that but it's true on a global scale it definitely is more pop than probably the stuff we would consider pop in the u.s like i'm not sure if they love like ED- well i guess they do love edm i was gonna but say you know, like, edm
2: is that other one too that's but that's all
0: even- edm was started by black people and that come from hip-hop yep right? so but then even like artists like taylor swift i don't even know if they're as beloved in europe maybe as some hip-hop artist because i know people are going on tour or even just artists like know. weekend who you are don't kind of touch that, taylor
3: swift money and you ain't popular <laughs> worldwide like <laughs> that's true you don't touch almost a bill a billion
1: did you guys hear about um jay-z selling title i know this wasn't even on the docket but you mentioned you mentioned a billion and my mind just went to jay-z like
2: i did read that
1: i did see that. Yeah, that's so. interesting the chance you've been kind of critical of jay-z in the past and people there was two sides to this whole like debate kind of saying that um like one title was supposed to be for like well the black who, did consumer. He, who did he sell it to he sold it to um square and jack who, Dorsey. exactly
0: he sold it to twitter he sold title to twitter
3: yeah but it's a money move i already knew jay-z everybody knows jay-z is a businessman first he's a capitalist first <laughs> I I'm not surprised
2: that he sold it for sure. He's probably on to his next venture and he's like, I did what I had to do here. Now I'm moving on.
3: Yeah, ain't nobody speaking down on him. What he bought it? Didn't he say he bought it like for it 50, million like 50, fifty million?
1: 50 million. in twenty fifteen? Two hundred ninety seven million. Whoa. so six years. What was his IRR Tosh?
0: Okay. He's a business.
1: <laughs> Can I come in with like the
0: the Twitter the Twitter take is that? Yes. he made the brand it was the whole like slogan like buy us for us the brand was supposed to be a new revolutionary approach to streaming that was going to help black artists you know Kanye had the life of Pablo released exclusively through there Beyonce Lemonade like it was supposed to be this new revolutionary thing and now it's gone to Twitter and I think a lot of people that are true well I don't know the Jay-Z stands will kind of just agree with anything he does but I see some people kind of turning on Jay Z, saying he's not for us. Anybody that was kind of but y'all turning on, on him train, train now? That's like, my thing. Anybody that was still on that train?
3: That's what I'm saying. I'm not surprised. Like a old what it is, an old dog not gonna like learn new tricks. Like a, a tiger <laughs> not gonna change his stripes. Like we know who Jay <laughs> we know who Jay- <laughs> Z is. Like, he really doubled down on the analogy <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> like we saw, we saw him with the NFL deal. How. That was like the worst time he could have ever signed a deal with the NFL. And he went and did that. And now we're seeing artists like Jay-Z did it now. People like Weekend and Travis Scott don't mind performing at the Super Bowl when like four years ago they was talking about, oh, we protest in the NFL. Like, it's business. And like Jay-Z is a businessman. I think he'll do something
0: new. What's that uh,
2: lyric he has? I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman. Exactly. Oh,
0: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. The,
1: the classic. Exactly. <laughs> classic. Uh, like we he's... have a, uh, we had another uh black company um sell. Um Swiss Beats and Timberland sold versus um large stakes and versus to Triller. Oh uh, wow! Making, them, making Triller the largest shareholders. Now that's interesting as hell, how much to me. Uh it wasn't announced how much. This was uh, let's check the pitchfork article. How much is versus really worth though? That's interesting.
3: I guess it it gets a lot of heads, like seven, eight million. Post, post live.
0: live, post Corona though, who's really gonna tap into the Instagram live streaming? I mean, nah. Who's
3: gonna, I think I, I don't. They've I already think that's they've already shown, people out,
0: bro, bro. They've already shown that they've changed their approach, and it's gotten less buzz when they did D'Angelo and he had his own verses. Like that nobody was, was messing with that. It was whack. Like I'm not trying to watch somebody perform alone because it's not a verses. It's just a. so you're saying they're gonna
3: run out of hits to like
0: well okay so my thing is i'm i'm interested i think triller is gonna change the platform i don't know if they're just buying the technology or what but i thought triller was going to get into the whole celebrity boxing bag and let (laughs) tiktok have the dancing music thing because didn't you didn't we talk about like universal pulled their deal with triller saying that like no universal artist can be played on triller So I thought Triller was just going to abandon music altogether and just go with like live streaming, celebrity boxing, Jake Paul, stuff like that. Mike Tyson fights. But I mean, I think this I guess they have something in the works. Shout out to Swiss Beats and Timbaland, though. Like we got some good verses. I think it's done for the brand, though. So you think the majority stake means like Triller about
3: to get creative control? It ain't just a money play.
0: Or technology, or IP, or something. Yeah, I think Triller's about to make a play. I just don't know what because TikTok is just Triller but better. I don't know what Triller could do, and they don't have the rights to any music.
2: I'm not on. I don't know. Maybe it just moves to
3: their platform
0: instead of Instagram. Are you on either? I'm not either.
2: Up? I'm not.
0: Taj? You on Triller?
1: I'm not on Triller.
0: Chance, I know you're on
3: TikTok. I'm not on either, but I'm about to get on Trilla because I'm about to start making music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Joseph,
1: but. All right, do we have any more uh, Grammy questions for Jen before we get an unheard artist?
3: Well, yeah, I want to talk about, what was your, can you talk about some of your experiences? Like, maybe, like, maybe two or three, Uh, like, your favorite moments of. Uh, being being an editor for the Grammys and getting to meet all these cool artists and go to the events
2: for sure, I think one of them that pops to mind is pops in my mind is just when you interview an artist before their first nomination so mm-hmm. uh this year uh lido pimienta's nominated she's an afro colombian artist mm-hmm. based in Canada and last year i interviewed her for an article on anti-blackness in the uh, latinx community and she had an awesome perspective um she had recently released her um album is colombia and then come november um you know she gets a nomination and i actually interviewed her this year about it and it's just really cool to follow an artist through that process, you know, and, and what it means to them. And, and for Lido, who was under the radar a few years ago, to she's going to perform at the uh, premiere ceremony before the actual show. Like for her to have more eyes on her. Like this is what the mm-hmm. Grammys does for artists. You know what I'm saying? Like it brings... People from all the world watch it. And Mm -hmm. someone you hadn't heard of, the next day you're like, who is that? So that's one of the things that has been really awesome. Um, I think, too, being able to just write about music, to work with music. Like, sometimes I'm, like, in my desk or sitting at my desk, and I'm just like, man, like, I get to do this every day. You know, like, it's Mm -hmm. really cool. Um, I think music is one of the arts that is just so so it's personal you know an artist uh pushes out a track and then their song becomes ours um and we also get to connect with it in a different way that we can't with like say an art piece so it's Mm -hmm. really cool to to work with music every day and um Last year at the Grammys, last year, Grammy week, I got to host a panel featuring Tiny, which is one of the hottest producers in Latin music right now in in reggaeton. Um, So being able to to bring awareness to artists and what they're doing is really, really cool.
1: I always wondered, like you mentioned like um, talking to these cool artists, is there ever a moment when you're, like, covering them and you're a fan, like, your inner fan I was kinda, wondering like, comes wondering the same up? thing, yeah. <laughs> where it's, like, you just, you can't even, like, <laughs> your objectivity kind of gets skewed because you're such a fan of their work?
2: I really pride myself on being as professional as I can be. Of course, um, there are moments where I'm like, man, I was listening to you when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> Growing up, I, I listened to Jimmy Eat World a lot. Jimmy Eat World was one of my bands. And I got to um, interview Jim last year. And it was like when I my editor assigned it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to talk to this guy who, you know, literally I was like walking home from school, like thinking, you know, this is the best thing ever I've ever heard. And then I'm there like asking him questions. And he has no idea, you know, because I'm not going to tell him like, hey, you like shaped my life. Um but I really, being a fan is cool. And of course, I'm a music fan. But when I interview someone, I really want to talk about what what other people would want to know versus just me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to make it all about me or, or because then there are other people out there who, you know, want to know different things. And so I really try just to to be objective as possible and, and really not try to um, be a fangirl. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because we're here to talk about the music, you know, at, at them as creators. And so it, it, I think um, just the best thing is being able to get in a combo and just forget that, you know, um, I'm nervous because I love them, but just to, to really have them speak on on what they're doing and what they're creating.
0: That's definitely, yeah, definitely relatable, just working with artists and trying to suppress the fan side and hoping that you can just build, like, a natural kind of conversation there so that you, like you said, that kind of fandom goes out the window and then you get, like, a more meaningful experience altogether than, like, kind of anything you expected before you walked into the experience, so.
2: Yeah, and you know what? It's really cool being able to bond with an artist. Um this has happened to me twice. I'm from South Central, shout out South Central. Um, I got to interview Nipsey Hussle before he passed. So when I was interviewing him and, you know, I asked him stuff about the community and what he was doing. And at the time he, you know, was talking about his projects and everything. And it was so dope to be like, this person comes from my community and they've made it. And here we are, you know? Um, and it's just such an awesome thing that doesn't doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, um, artists are from all over the place, but when they're from the community that you know, you know, we know South Central has historically haven't, you know, in the news, it always doesn't have a positive um, representation. And, and just to see people changing Definitely. the name of it, you know, the same thing happened with jenna Aiko when I got to interview her. I mean, she's from Ladera, but... She, we're, you know, Slauson. She's always repping Slauson. I grew up, like, a few blocks away from Slauson. So to be able to tell her, like, yo, I'm from Slauson, too. Like, that, it was just, it was, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's wild. It's, like, I can't even explain it. It's just, it's goosebumps. It's, like, that's it's the best cool, part. Yeah.
0: It's cool hearing that on the kind of, like, journalist side, too. Because we've talked about it as, like, fans. We hate going to Pitchfork and reading an article on, like, Playboy Cardi written by somebody named, like, Dan from Ohio, who probably <laughs> never listens to Playboy Cardi in their life, so to hear this, like, so when I uh, Taj, what's the one dude on Twitter that's, like, famous, that writes for Pitchfork, a bunch of different people, he gave, a uh, Cuddy, like, that bad rating, you know I what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, Antonio Alphonse or something? Exactly. No, Alfonso, 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 Alfonso yeah, yeah Alfonso, exactly. <laughs> a lot of people like Alfonso, and when he writes about, uh, like, Bro, an infamous. artist that- <laughs> If he writes, if he writes about an artist that a lot of people um, enjoy, they're probably going to want to read his his review and have like excitement going into his review. So hearing that kind of same excitement reflected from the journalist too, I think it just makes for like a, just a good like authentic piece of like writing. You know, like just you learn more about the artist in a more meaningful way.
2: I agree, you know, and I feel like spe- touching on music journalism or journalism we need more voices you know more diverse voices so it like i said you know i'm honored to be here because this is y'all doing your thing and y'all talking about music you don't need to be writing for pitchfork i mean if you want to write for pitchfork go for it but now the internet just gives um people the space to talk about these things so keep doing your thing because it's awesome to to I'm hear you for
0: Sound Sports, I sent my application <laughs> for my internship, but I don't know if they're gonna get back. I know they're I know they've gotten a lot of applicants this this last round. I told so Sound we'll Sports
3: I, I need I want to do a dedicated Saints pod. Let me just take over Saints <laughs> all Saints duties.
1: Sound Sports is not currently doing football, but uh, <laughs> Jen, we do this thing on um, on Unheard where we all play like maybe an Unheard artist or an Unheard song in between like intermissions, and since you're the guest, we'll give you the honor of going first.
2: I already spoke about her, but I think Lido Pimienta is doing so many things with her music, adding the indigenous, adding the black part of her into her music. So I think people, I'm so excited to see what she's going to do on the show, on the Grammy show. And I'm also excited to see where she's going. She started, um, You know, she released her her first album herself. Um, She won the the Polaris Prize in Canada. So she got a grant. Um, She did her latest album, Miss Colombia, on a tight budget. But it just goes to show you that you don't need... And she talks about this in the interview I did with her. You don't need um, that much money. Of course, it must help. But she was able to do it. So her music... I just feel it in my bones. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like it, it's that her indig- her indigenous, her the indigenous sounds and the and the afro colombian sounds. It's just like I cannot explain it. Like I'm Mexican American, and <laughs> um, I know I got indigenous mixed in me, so it's like um, I'm so I'm I'm far removed from that, right? Because colonization, like Spanish conquered Mexico, and you know. Practically like a genocide, um, but there's just a certain connection when I hear like um, indigenous sounds that just give me goosebumps. So I recommend Lila Pimienta. She she sings in Spanish. Sometimes she she does Spanglish stuff, but I feel like her her rhythms are really really great they just grab you so I'd recommend her
1: Chance advance. They are OVO correspondents on Unheard. They love everything OVO does. Six six
2: Part- six six six. six.
1: Oh, yeah. Party Mobile was Chance's um like top ten album of twenty twenty. Stop like, even playing though, with me. I didn't like it. Um so we'll let Chance go first. He's been like raving about this scary hours too. Take it away, Chance. What's the shit? Shake scary? it, Warrior. Were you scared? Was
3: it Man? Scary Hours too. He's saying I was raving about it, but I ain't gonna lie. I was raving. <laughs> this this is good. This is good for us. This is a great way to end off the first quarter of 2021. Scary hours too. He went two and a half for three. Because what's next? Submit. But once in need, Lemon Pepper Freestyle, creme de la creme, Ratatouille.
0: So you like <laughs> you like the you like the Ross? I noticed the song was six minutes. My
3: favorite song, even though Lemon Pepper Freestyle, I think that that was probably that was probably a top at least a top ten Drake verse. At least. At least a top ten Drake verse. I saw pe- some people talking about one of the best ever. We'll see. Um but once in these, I like that little that little, you know, off beat. <laughs> that little off intro I was like what's going on here? And then we get in there, it's like it's hard. And then you get the hook, and the hook is just,
0: yeah. But no, the hook we'll talk about this sweet. a
3: little later. A little joke I made, but I'll let y'all get y'all reviews in first.
1: Taj, I don't even. Want, I don't want to burst Chance's bubble. <laughs> he seems like such a passionate fan right now. He's so happy. I don't know. Burst my just, bubble,
3: Taj. Burst my bubble, cause I'm about to come back at you pause. even harder. <laughs> I'm about to come back at you even harder, man. Go ahead. Uh,
1: I enjoyed Scary Hours 2 for the most part. But at the same time, I was underwhelmed. It was kind of like the Lion King remake. Like, the Lion King is like a classic story that you know already. But I've seen like, it. The, exactly. That's pretty much how I felt <laughs> about Scary Hours 2. I've seen, I've heard all of this from Drake. Like, even these bars, like, certain bars he gets off is literally just repeats. Like, he's talking about the watch from Virgil. He literally said that exact same thing. 360 on his bundles. Last track, he talked with about Lil bundles.
0: Baby.
1: It's like he's saying a bunch of the same things, and like the lemon pepper freestyle with Ross. Like you can't go wrong with Drake and Ross. Like he knows that, baby. He's the hottest like rapper in the world right now. You can't go it wrong. Was with safe, Lil baby it was safe. It was safe.
3: We know that. But the formula and then, worked. And
1: then what's next was just bad. Like I, I'm sorry, yeah, I just don't like that song. song. That was not a good song. It was uh, like. So, I'm a big J Cole fan, and people murder J Cole for folding clothes, rightfully slow, rightfully so. But I, I put what's next like one tier above folding clothes in terms of how bad it is to me. So it's, it's mid. Yes, yeah, that's bad. this how I felt about Scary Hours too. It's like the Lion King um, remake from like a year or two so ago. So give it
3: a review. I gave it a two and a half out of three. What you got?
1: It's <laughs> such a random scale. I, um, I guess because
3: I, I said three, three songs, songs. I said he was. I say he was two for two on old thing, and then I gave him half a point. I'll say one and a half
1: out of three, just because it was like very safe and what's next just wasn't good to me.
0: What's next gets zero points. It's yeah. Two out of three. It wasn't good. Um I'm I'm interested though, you say what's next is bad and chance, you say clearly don't like it either. But it it was the one a lot of people were asking for after he leaked it, or well sorry, after it was leaked anonymously online. Um do you think that he was behind the leak or Anything like that, like to kind of test the waters, throw something at the wall, see if it sticks. Do you think he did that with what's next? A thousand
1: percent. I think we said that on last week's podcast, how Drake has like the fakest leaks ever. He just kind of throws them out there. Like in business, there's this this thing called like MVPs, like minimum viable products, which is like you doing the least amount of work possible to see how much results you can get. And it's pretty much what Drake did with what's next. He just threw this leak out there and saw people liked it. And he was like, okay. Business man, oh, so money. <laughs> and what you yeah. would you think about the uh, the little EP, if we even want to
3: call it that, the little single, uh, Jim? What'd you think?
2: The whole thing.
3: Like, what'd you just think of the songs? Like, did you like it? The the project. I mean, it wasn't really a project, but whatever, whatever we want to call it.
2: Here's the thing. I feel like Drake has the sauce. I feel like. <laughs> He's got, like, I, I know Todd just said you didn't like What's Next, but I feel like the beats is just so catchy. And it's, the
0: it's, it's the sauce.
2: It's the sauce. And here's the thing, like, there's no God's plan in there for me, right? There's no song going to be playing over and over and over and over, you know? he He's got some of those that are just, like, whether you want to or not, you, you just it kind of gets like in there. I feel the same about Taylor Swift. She has certain songs that are just going to get stuck in there whether you, whether you want to or not. So I, there's no song like that for me on this project. But out of all of them, my favorite is What's Next. And I mentioned earlier, I'm Mexican-American. He says two words in Spanish. So any times <laughs> in Spanish, any <anytime laughs> in Spanish. Wait, what words he got said? You,
3: wait, which one he said again?
2: We got to look it up. um i i feel like drake knows how to um keep a relationship with his with his latinx audience like we know um i don't know if you know but you know he, he he did a song with um romeo santos which is like yes, the, one of the kings like of one, bachata you know what i mean it's like he, my
3: favorite, isn't, one that one my from like, favorite Drake isn't that from way way back like 2010? way back. yeah i love that song
2: he before <laughs> anybody you know what i'm saying before um that's some of these songs record. like he, way, he was way back. he was already tapping in, in into that um into that market uh so you know, and he also did the thing with Future, the video where he was wearing the Mexico jersey. The so. Mexico
0: jersey.
2: So um I I get excited. I'm like, yeah, you know, you know like he's um I can't find the the lyric, but um I I, I really like that. I like that he, you know, taps into into that and um I, I, you know, it's so funny. I mean, Rick Ross's biggest line is "Lemon Pepper My Wings," and the fact that it's called "Lemon Pepper Freestyle" <laughs> is just Brilliant. like so funny to me. Um, Drake is nominated, plugging the Grammys back in. Uh, the baby is nominated as. Oh no, this is Little Baby. My bad. My bad. This is Little Baby.
0: Low Baby is nominated as well. I think the bigger picture for uh, rap performance song. There Got you one go. Nomination, I
2: think. There you go. So. Um, yeah, I would, you know, I would give it a two and a half, you know, I, would, I wouldn't, I it would it's not like, like I said, I'm just going to be bumping one of these songs, like, all the time, but I feel like he's got the sauce and he knows it, and um, he, he it's funny because he's a, you could tell he's a, a, like, a sweet guy, you know, he's always rapping about <laughs> girls and, you know what I mean, so he, I don't know, I think that that's interesting, that always sticks out to me about Drake, I think he knows what to say in, in some of these lines. I feel like he's continuing that,
3: so. I mean, scary hours, y'all. This is how I just took it. Like, first of all, to your point, just that's one thing Drake, we always commit him for is just that he knows how to really – I mean, and and it's such a tough task or burden. Like, he has to appeal to, like, so many different types of, like, uh, genres and demographics, and, like, I think that's a good thing. That's what's made him as big as he is today and such a global artist. But, um. So, I can appreciate, uh, him doing that, but also, I think Scary Hours, man, like, he's just testing the water, so I wasn't even expecting, like, the first Scary Hours, like, Drake has a formula, like, give me a soul, a soul sample, or, um, like, some, some, you know, Whisper R&B artists we haven't, we haven't discovered yet, put them on loop, give me some nice drums, and he's gonna give you some luxurious bars, and, uh, He's kind of, that's that's been his formula, diplomatic community. He's he's a diplomat. Apparently. Yeah. But Scary Hours, he just, I think he just testing the waters, man. I think certified level boyfriend finna go crazy. Uh, I'm excited all for these, that one. All these leaks, Taj Money, like, you you try to stun on my mans, but you got all the leaks. <laughs> I don't even got the leaks. Taj Money be having the leaks. All That's of another
1: them. that's another thing that's kind of frustrating because it's like, Drake's leaks are, the leaks that are out there, Vance and I, like, rave about it like probably weekly the release that are out there like 10 out of 10 they're ready they're ready already too they're ready (laughs) already like to give me these (laughs) 6 out of 10 like tracks you're like teasing me it's like bro please give me vital give me (laughs) these were just for the streets
3: though bro he's not gonna give you his best stuff scary hours was for the streets bro like sands like that hook you already know they about to run that up in the club for the next three months the whole club corona and everything about to be going crazy
2: and so, someone mentioned, exactly. I forget who, someone mentioned about him repeating stuff. I feel like that helps the sauce. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's just kind of like, it's almost like hypnotizing when he, they keep repeating stuff. This is you a know, great point. You know what I mean? And right. it's just like, it's to what I've noticed. This is my theory. It's like, the best thing about music is, is when it tells a story with a beat. So the, the parts I love in songs are is like when the beat drops, right? Cuz it's taking you, high. It, you know, it's there and then kind of takes you higher, takes you higher, takes you higher if it drops, right? So it's kind of taking you on this story on this roller coaster. And I feel like when they repeat words, it's kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's like I think that's part of the sauce. The fact that he he repeats things and that's why the lyrics get stuck in your head because it's just like that repetition and that repetition. So
0: we talked about that in in our group chat about how Drake at- about how drake gets away with so many things like that he got he's most artists coat. yeah most artists don't get away with he's allowed to break rules like most artists we would probably critique them for sounding the same or saying that that's a detriment to their sound that that's probably going to help them or like it's uh, it would make them sound old quicker if we just keep hearing their sound over and over like low baby's getting that treatment the baby's getting that treatment but like drake i think it is interesting for him it, it works and it, it helps like, kind of infuse, like, that Drake sound, like, in your brain, so that when you hear that Sin's hook, it's a different hook, but you know it's Drake immediately, so. I mean, mean, but to that point,
3: to that point, like, I think Drake greatest strength is also simultaneously his greatest weakness, right? So, like, (laughs) y'all keep saying, like, he repeat these bars of, like, each song, you can expect, like, a diplomat line, like, but that aids his image, like, when he repeats these things in songs, when he comes with the same flavor each time, like you get a, you you build up an image of of who Drake is as an artist, as a person, or whatever. And I mean, can we just be honest? Drake only ever raps about himself, like. And I think that's also something that people critique him about. And I just wanted to get y'all, y'all. Fuck uh, the
0: critiques. Why wouldn't you rap about yourself? You're a rapper. no, I'm saying, but
3: that's but I'm saying like, his the critique is that he only raps about himself, at least compared to like. Who else we considering like our generation's goats? So like the Jake the J Cole's, the Kendricks, like they have been able to like take remove themselves from I'm J Cole, I'm Kendrick. Like I can rap on other stuff than just what's it like to be Drake? You feel me? Or do y'all not? Because I think that's where y'all are coming from. It's just like all right, Drake. Like we sick of hearing about the the, the Virgil you got, the the Patek. We sick of hearing I mean, about. That's the not I, I was that's not where sick I'm coming of,
1: from. I think what uh, you're saying is a strength. Like that's good. Like. Drake being super personal, like, everybody, when Drake drops... That's
3: what I'm saying. It's just
1: filled with lyrics of people relating to the, what Drake just said. So I think that's cool, him being super per, super personal. I think more so the repetition, to me, just, it kind of gets to the point where it feels formulaic. No, I've heard the whole and that's song I like, before. Yeah, that's where I just get bored as a listener. Like, I can if I can group your song with, like, six other similar songs from you, that you've done this over and over again, it's kind of like... I'll just listen to the better version of this same song. Right, it's not. A I mean, that's how is issues. Really. Don't do that. Th- like once and needs, I like once and needs. That's probably my favorite song on there. But would I listen to once and needs over uh never recover or, or whatever that song? Yeah, track, never recover from, like, or yes indeed. Like, but, like, but Drake, I would is, listen
3: to those. Drake is a timeline though. It ain't about like trying to put it next to his best stuff. It's what's now. What's you already know? Drake ears to the streets. He knew what he was doing with this, my <laughs> My guy, <laughs> it's
0: our podcast. Yeah,
3: it's like,
2: your podcast. you know what he
3: was doing with this. Like this was meant to hit the streets and start. I running. mean, like I don't that's know. All I still, this was for this.
0: Was, you're overselling, and this I, was, th- shit was not for the, the streets. baby right, rec- this is for the, baby. Baby. the radio. It's the that's what I'm saying. The streets really the quick to like,
2: <laughs> to to chance's, <laughs> to chances <laughs> point. I feel like because you brought up Jay you brought up J Cole and you brought up Kendrick and how they rap about. You know, Kendrick raps about. um. Uh, some you know things about blackness and race, and the thing about Drake is he's a celebrity. You know what I mean? We don't know about Ken- we don't know about Kendrick's life. I don't really know about J Cole's life, but Drake is a celebrity. We know who he's dating. You know he. You know, I mean it's some of rap is is about you know your life. Like I'm thinking about big pimping like Jay Z. You know what I mean? Mm, rapping facts, about facts. the girls. Rapping about the um. The money, the jewelry, and, I, and obviously, I, I could see how people get tired of that, but I think low-key, it's kind of like the Kardashians, you just kind of want to know, <laughs> you kind of want to know, like, what, what, is, what is it like to be on Jets, you know what I mean, and riding on basketball teams' Jets, and dating people, and- The
3: Warriors practicing at your house, like-
2: You know what I mean? So I think that's part of the, <laughs> his aura, it's like, there's certain, first of all, I think we need all types of people. You know, we need mm-hmm. the Kendricks and we need the Drakes, but I think Facts. it's almost like we're li- we're living through him. Not all of us are going to be able to, you know, do what he does. And w- what I heard, he like collects Birkins for his future wife or something or some, some Hermes <laughs> yeah, he bags. Some you know what I mean? So
0: twenty, thirty of them.
2: I think I think that's what it is about Drake. He's a celebrity. You know, when he talks about like I, uh, what did he say about Madonna? Like I turned down Madonna. <laughs> after that whole thing it's just like no not every rapper can say that so i I feel like i feel where you're coming from but at the same time it's just like he's that window to a world that none of us and and it's almost like this ego thing right like i don't know about y'all but when i listen Mm -hmm. to drake sometimes it's that ego thing like i'm in my car and i'm like yeah or you know when you're getting out ready to go out a party or whatever it's just Drake is the best you bump that drake because it's like that that lifestyle that fun he's He's still young. He's still doing his thing. Um, You know, some people would say like being promiscuous or being with a whole bunch of people is like, you know, cool or interesting. And he's just that that ego, that piece of, you know, um, music that will take you there. So that's just what I wanted to say about that.
0: I think it definitely keeps him young. People are forgetting how old he gets if he keeps rapping about all these just ridiculous, outrageous things he spends money on. People will forget that he's like midway through his 30s or whatever. But it's like, okay, Drake, you got it. Still looking at girls finstas on Instagram. <laughs> okay, Drake.
1: All right, I think that's a good Drake talk. Did you guys listen to uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pax single? Leave Ch- the door open. Chance was excited. It was rave reviews. Like, I mean. The ravest of reviews. People are calling this song a immediate Of the century. I like, mean, like, I've never seen people.
3: Media classic. Crazy they called it. Y'all they called it song of the year
0: before. I didn't came I didn't out. Hear,
3: I didn't see all that. But if y'all want to talk I've about crazy, this this was a winning formula though. We already knew they won before they
1: even got on the field. All the world. which is crazy The battle last week is, is won Vance and I love that, <laughs> Vance, remember last week when we said this and Chance said, "Calm down, guys. We don't know what's going to happen." The battle oh, yeah, this is, is won or this lost. <laughs> and then we got the exact song.
3: Battlefield and the battle was won here. Anderson (laughs) Pat and Bruno Mars could not lose. They could not lose. Another guy with the sauce
2: is Bruno Mars.
3: This was set up for for success. And when Bruno Mars got on there, and I said it was silky, it was like coffee and cream. You (laughs) feel me? It was like coffee and cream. It's like honey and tea. Like, they just go together. And it's just perfect harmony. So you were familiar the track? It's like shrooms on a sunny day. Just,
2: all right. I wouldn't
3: know. <laughs> silky, just silky smooth. You know what I mean? And Bruno Mars, we ain't seen him in four years, and I said, "Dang, people really film?
2: four years."
3: Yeah, I was like, I was like, was... I was like, do we, I was like, do we even have any classic projects? I told Ty, I was like, does this man even have classics?
1: Don't disrespect Bruno Mars. Wait, no,
0: yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> wait, bro, wait, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. That's I was like, awesome. I was
3: just joking. I just wanted to tease him, but. That first I can't album disrespect is my man, bro. is
0: bro. It's different. Them, them vocals are different. I love the record. Like, yeah, that's. I don't. Yeah, I don't have too much to say. I love the record. <laughs> it was exactly what so I. Expected. Y'all kill
3: me. Hold on. Two no. weeks ago, y'all killed me. <laughs> no, just saying. Stop. I like this. How? I don't like that. I'm giving i W. I'm talking about different aspects of the song because you weren't Arizona. expecting
0: it. Because you weren't expecting it. We said this last week. We knew we, we were gonna get. Anderson Pack wore plaid <laughs> pants. I could see that right. coming from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw everything about it. Bruno has a mustache. He's got an unbuttoned Prada shirt on. Like I, I see, I see the play. I see the entire play. I'm excited though. Flavor
3: I'm excited Flavers. for is the definitely album. Definitely getting added to the flavors playlist.
2: What I love about two things that I love about this track. One, of course, Anderson Pack. Are are y'all from California? No, anybody. Okay, so Anderson Paak is from Ventura, right? Which is like above LA County. So I love that he's putting Ventura um, on the map. So shout out Ventura. Love that. Um, You know, Grammy winner. So I I love this combination. And another reason why I love it is because 70s soul has been saving me throughout this latter part of the pandemic. Like Marvin Gaye, Round Robin, like it's really been saving me and this is soul right this is a this is an ode to soul and even the music video is a throwback so being from LA you're like let me play this track let me get on my lowrider let me get on you know put the top back let me cruise palm trees like I love it I feel like what we need right now is some escapism and this is definitely escapism with a great beat and, and a throwback beat you know what I mean so I I'm I liked it and it's definitely flavorful.
0: Yeah, so that's what I like about it. It's like that chili I made. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely refreshing. In we like we're kind of missing that pocket right now of that kind of retro artist, just that retro sound. Or like you said, too, a distraction from everything else, like in the world or whatever. Because it feels so nostalgic. It just feels like you're in a whole different time period when you're listening to it. So. I hope the rest of the album reflects that. Facts, especially
3: juxtaposed to what, to what's like you know, to what we've been getting. Post, I don't know when did music just get crazy off the wall. Post Uzi. After Uzi, we got no albums really. Not not nothing. I'm talking crazy about crazy anymore. off the wall as far as like the punk rock and all that other stuff where it just was like, that's when hip hop really got into. Never mind. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know where that i'm, I'm like, confused what? what your point was what your question was
1: <laughs> but yeah i i, I like chance and like jen and like vance i think it's a perfect track i was already crazy excited for it i've like raved bruno mars like praise forever which is like crazy because i saw people trying to gatekeep bruno mars on the timeline i was like <laughs> bruno mars is a mega star you can't say like you never heard i was a bruno fan like <laughs> 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 I was like, I was a Bruno fan before anyone. I was like, that's what? hilarious. You wasn't a
0: Bruno fan in 2010. <laughs> we were all listening to the Lazy song. Like, what? And we were all definitely. Oh years old
3: watching this man on Rio and the whatever Pixar movies, but
1: but yeah, it's a dope collab. I hope it um, brings more people to like um, Anderson Pox catalog because he has like a crazy good catalog that I feel like not a lot of people talk about. So I hope that like naturally trickles.
3: Nx Warriors. His collab with, I forget the producer name, but that's even another layer of the onion. But should we get into Unheard or more music?
0: Yeah, let's get an Unheard artist. I'll go. Anybody want, okay. I will go. Um, I'm going to play Arlo Parks this week. She's We're an tweaking. art. She's an artist from uh, the UK. She's originally a poet i think which makes her music super interesting it's just like real deep songwriting um i'm gonna play let's see
2: oh, i didn't know we were supposed to actually play the song y'all should have told me no no i'm not I'm, I'm not, not. I, just, <laughs> no, I just i just i
0: just i just say it like a like, oh, a, like, intro, like, like, like a radio like gonna show gonna oh, exactly okay. exactly yeah nah I'm going to play Green Eyes off of her last album, Collapse and Sunbeams.
2: Summer in my eyelids, eating rice and beans, paying Kaya's bedroom. Think she wanted green, but the weather puts you on my mind. Dragging
3: fruit and peaches in the wine, kissing circles underneath.
1: at the Grammys and I know a lot of people I think Vance has even said this on the podcast who are like really interested in like music journalism but the idea of like breaking in and like having to do certain things or cover certain stories or write for certain platforms kind of draws them off the industry of music journalism um so I feel like if you can just talk about how you got to where you are and maybe give hope or just <laughs> ver- verify the fact that there is no hope in music journalism. I think that would be great.
2: I'm like that's a big job. Um, <laughs> so my story is kind of all over the place. Um I went to USC to to study music journalism. Um and I ended up, you know, doing my thesis on ska music in LA, Latin ska. I end up uh getting uh into this radio class and that totally changed my journey and so i was actually covering hard news for a while so i was like covering like immigration and breaking news and one of the reasons why i was doing that was because i was like there is no money in music journalism i was like how am i supposed to make a living like people need news right we need to know what's going right. on um right. and so i was i was finding myself getting opportunities to, you know, I worked at KPCC, I was an NPR intern, I did a fellowship with Mother Jones, and that was all politics and news. And I would freelance on the side, I freelanced for Remezcla for a while, and that's um, Latinx music website. And so for the longest time, I was avoiding my truth and that was that I wanted to do music journalism so I was at my desk at my job and I was like I can't do this anymore I was at the bay at the in the bay at the time and I was like I'm moving back so you know what I'm gonna say is you just gotta be open you just gotta be open um there are so many opportunities opening up outside of digital and what I mean digital is I mean websites you know like writing you know you're a testament to that podcasting is is one way, but um i ended up i knew someone at uh working for Grammy.com. her name is renee also went to u s c shout out renee um and I got connected to a temp job through her, and I ended up staying and, and getting on board and I never in my life would have thought like. I'm w- going to work for the Grammys. For me, it's just like, I just want to do music journalism, right? Like, I just want to write about music. Um, so, to kind of put some hope, there is hope. You know what I mean? Like, there are a lot of exciting things going on with music and storytelling that aren't necessarily publications. Like, for example, Tidal. Tidal uh, publishes articles, right? They they publish articles. Right. Apple Music. um, They have people write editor's notes, you know, and and it kind of works like an album review a little bit. Um, It's more of adding context. But if you want to write about music or if you want to cover music, there is a way. You know, another great example genius, right? Who would have thought people they're a great example? Yeah, people in lyrics, you know? Uh, It makes sense, you know? So I would say, don't give up there is certainly a way to do it i mean the thing is it might it might not necessarily be your day job but there's a bunch of people who freelance and find the time to do it um or you can get creative and you could be like me and end up at a place that does work around music um so ultimately if you want to do it you'll find a way like i for a while was so scared of like how am i going to survive that like three or four years I was doing something that I just was not completely happy in you know what I mean it was awesome work and I think it was bringing light to a lot of issues but it's just not what I wanted to do so I think you just really got to be creative and in a sense you got to have that entrepreneurial spirit where it's just like you gotta find different avenues and who knows you may even you may even create you know uh, your own thing And, and, and even though you know things like podcasting it's super oversaturated but When you find your audience, you find your audience, and they'll support you. So
0: exactly, exactly. Yeah, a lot of good words.
2: I think that's my take. Yeah, like don't give up. There, it's we need people to tell us about what's going on with artists, or at least to interview artists. So I think it's storytelling and music isn't going anywhere. It just might not look like Rolling Stone. Like, have you seen that movie? What is that movie? Um, with the guy that in, in, and Kate Hudson is in it have you seen this movie maybe you haven't even seen it but um, he's a Rolling Stone writer and he goes on tour with a band you know what I'm talking about I don't <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'm trying
2: it, it's not gonna be like um, you know like people used to get a lot of uh, you, you know Rolling Stone back in the day you know th- there was a lot of interest around magazines you know and so it may not look like that anymore but I definitely feel like We're going to have something with music and storytelling.
0: I agree. I think like what you mentioned about the streaming platforms now putting out, you know, print content or Apple Music having the editor's notes. There's definitely going to be more modes of storytelling that aren't just traditional, especially with, I think, COVID kind of accelerated that process of moving to this kind of new transitional period that I think we're kind of. Entering now, if not like already in it, but good words.
2: Yeah, Amazon Music too. I don't know if you you all keep up with Amazon Music, but Mm -hmm. they're doing videos with artists, which is pretty cool.
0: Interesting. I know Netflix announced that they're kind of debuting like a podcast thing, right? That was like...
2: Song Exploder? Is that what you're talking about?
0: I don't don't know. I saw they announced, Netflix announced that they were launching uh, audio only sometime in the near future
2: I had not I was thinking
0: like who would want to like would it be like a (laughs) Netflix documentary that's like only audio or or I was I mean I just assumed that they were going to open a podcast branch which wouldn't be like it would make sense for Netflix because they do have a lot of informational content in their documentaries and stuff so um but yeah I think a lot of stuff like that will be there in the future and yeah, I get questions sometimes, too, from people in my high school about music journalism. And I think that's always weird because they think, like, like, with a podcast, they think this is so, like, deep. but This is um,
2: cool. What are you talking about? That's why they come to you, because it's cool.
0: I guess. It, I, I definitely enjoy it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I always look for, like, different little pieces I can grab from other people, you know, to pass on to, like, my younger people that are looking up to me. So... Thank you for those words. Of course. And
2: I told Taj this because he he sent a link. And I was like, y'all have mad chemistry. You know (laughs) what I mean? You just bounce off each other. And not a lot of podcasts have that. So you got that going for you if that helps you.
0: True. A lot of of podcasters do not like each other. (laughs) I, I feel like that's true. A lot of podcasters do not talk to each other outside of the podcast at all. We play three we play three on three basketball. Who else? <laughs> the best podcast on the planet.
1: Alright, Jen, a uh, last major topic, I guess. Um we mentioned last week on the podcast about NFT. events. did like this whole deep background on like NFTs. Are you familiar with
2: Explain NFTs to me.
0: Alright, Vance, take it away. You're the expert. Oh, I'm gonna try and do this as simple as possible. It's always so kind of difficult. So imagine Uh, A bunch of artists right now kind of in the art collecting world um, of artists and then art collectors. They are now putting their works on this digital marketplace where art collectors can use cryptocurrency um, like Bitcoin to buy a piece of um, digital art from the artist and hold on to it forever. And kind of the speculation behind this whole market is that the value of these art pieces are gonna rise just like you know, like a like a trading card almost. It's kind of the same idea. People predict that these art pieces are gonna be worth two hundred thousand in fifty years. I'm not really sure why they think that. A lot of like that's kind of the part that's hard to grasp grasp for a lot of people. Why would I pay two hundred dollars for a digital PDF? When i can go online and search up the same pdf because you don't necessarily exclusively own the art but it's like a a token that's attached to the art that you can own um and sell at a later date um tory Lanez this past week sold his first album through nft meaning that i i think it's on streaming platforms but I guess you can almost think of it as another piece piece of merchandise. Like if you're a super fan and all of Tory Lane's T-shirts sold out on his website, but you want a piece of this album, you could buy a Tory Lane's album NFT, and you're hoping that a bigger Tory Lane super fan in 50 years will want to pay more money than you paid for that Tory Lane's NFT. Um, and Tory Lane's was successful. I mean, he sold his whole collection, is what they call it. He sold all of his NFTs for. 300,000 on the album so artists are making serious money but it's kind of this gray area of what what is it actually going to be something for the future will it go mainstream I wish I would meet a Tory Lanez in 50 years if somebody bought a Tory Lanez NFT (laughs) I don't want to speak to you that is so nasty (laughs) 300,000 how does he make that much off it how many did he sell that's my thing I think he sold 10 or
1: there was also um Ozuna Ozuna, I think I pronounced his name right. He sold um like fifteen like three D he did make like three D graphic cards and he like attached some of his like audio, like no lyrics, just like audio to the cards and he made four hundred fifty thousand in fifteen minutes off oh those my fifteen God. cards. Wow. So <laughs> I think you're gonna see like a bunch of big name people just go. Drake. You need like, to sell guys his. are making a lot of money.
3: Drake you you need to sell his
2: did y'all, Would hear? y'all pull
3: together some money
1: to get a Drake NFT? We cannot pull together enough money. I don't think we have enough
2: money. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kings of Leon, do you know Kings of Leon? They did the whole blockchain thing. Yeah, yeah. that's the same thing. It's the, oh, same, it's the same thing. thing. Exactly.
1: That's same what. Thing. That's how NFTs like. That's what. Like. That's pretty much what makes them up. The blockchain is how they're made, essentially. Which is like the interesting part because blockchain was like. One of the main things for blockchain is, like, cryptocurrency and how, like, that decentralizes, like, the whole, like, concept Currency. of was controlling powers. Yeah. So, like, doing that in the music industry is kind of like a way for, like, these artists to cut out the labels and, like, um, other people will be taking money. I think Vance tweeted about it. He was like, the labels are going to find a way to get their money off Every NFT'd. time,
0: my guy. They're <laughs> going to
1: find a way. I don't know. But it's, like, literally impossible. Like, that's what these things were made of. Like, you cannot it's the powers in the people's no. hands and i think that's the most
0: interesting part now i feel like if you're a big artist you can make the rules of your nft if you're Tory lanes but if you're a new artist i just feel like it wouldn't be the smartest advice like what manager is going to tell their artist release music on this marketplace where there's no legal backing no sense of ip ownership no sense of Copyright. I mean, the only thing that remains true for the blockchain is that you can't recreate, you can't recreate it or you can't duplicate the work of art.
1: That's. A, I think it's the exact opposite because it's like every time this, if you say Chance buys a Drake NFT at $500,000 and Dang. then somebody, Advance comes a month later and says, I want to buy for a million. Drake gets a cut from when Chance bought it and from when Vance bought it. So if you're an artist and you know you're only going to sell like 5,000 copies why not sell it through nft and then but every that's time the those thing. copies get sold in the future you're getting a split like you're getting royalties every sale but i think it's the other way like around. i
0: like i i get that in a sense but not every the thing you have to realize is not every artist is going to want to see the same contract you know like they don't want to all take the same percentage for every sale and managers i just feel like where there's no rules to this shit and like that's a good thing in a sense but that's also a bad thing when you're going to try and bring like a whole industry like music that already has a whole pre-existing set of... That's the thing, like the art collection world, that's already kind of a no-holds-barred field where this random blue line on a piece of paper might be worth $7 million because this dude in France says so. <laughs> but in the industry, the music industry, you already have kind of this preset like list of rules and the way contracts are structured. So, I mean... I think NFT will be a way for artists to make money, but I think it will only be somebody like a Tory Lanes. You have to be big and you have to be completely separate from labels because I guarantee you right now, as we're speaking, some dude, Lior Cohen is up at night right now thinking about how can I get NFTs into my next artist 360 deal? Because if my next artist wants to sell through NFT, who's to say the label can't just include that as uh, like non music income, and say, yeah, this is this is applicable to your three hundred and sixty. We're we're entitled to twenty percent of all NFT money. But but see that's but that's the cap. That's the cap. And I, I will advocate, I will be team label here for a slight microsecond. A lot of people complain about contracts, but we don't hear from the artists that love their contracts. There's a lot of artists that love their contracts. There's a lot of new artists that love their contracts. And of course, could, could the contract be better? Sure. But there's a lot of artists that are making a lot of money off their contracts. And we don't hear from those people but I guarantee you, they also like the security of their contracts. I like the. I'm sure they like the fact that they can. It says in their contract that they can audit the label if they feel the label's withholding money. Like, say you feel that your NFT marketplace is taking extra fees from you, like a outstanding amount of fees from you. There's nothing in the law that says you can audit them or force them to pay you your money that they're withheld holding from you. That's my only kind of fear: is that a lot of artists right now are protected by like kind of legal backing that just doesn't exist in that nft marketplace
1: okay so you, as an artist you are an artist you say you finally come, out, come out with a long anticipated debut am i signed
0: am i signed
1: you're not signed but you have a label that's like ready to ready to sign, to sign you for that project and do the marketing whatever traditional 360 contract i have an
0: audience a core
1: and you are, yes who are so would you go the nft route or the label route
0: i will go the label route
1: disappointed in you because you have
0: to (laughs) you have to understand when it comes to licensing like the industry is just so old like the idea of movies wanting to use your music like if a music if a if i release my song as nft and like disney wants to put my song in the lion king 7 in 20 years like who do they reach out to in the NFT marketplace if 10 people do own this NFT? Now, the only way NFT works in music is if you make it exclusive through NFT. You don't release your music on streaming. You only release it as NFT. But that's what I'm saying. If you do that, you get just so many ownership issues, in my opinion. If if you want to make legit money as an artist, I feel like NFT is not the, not the move. Because that's, that's kind of drawing the assumption that The only stream of income for an artist would be the labels advance when you have music publishing, you have sync licensing. All that stuff goes out the window if you if you drop your music through NFT just because those systems aren't in place yet. Now, if the systems get in place, I think this will be hugely beneficial. Yeah, I think it will definitely be beneficial, but it'll be a thing of will the labels adopt NFT or will they just kind of reject NFT?
1: Okay, I'm team NFT. Vance's team label, shockingly. Jen, which team are you? <laughs> it's I It's shitty. Team,
2: I am team Artists being creative. So this is what I love about it. It's just people are finding... They're thinking outside of the box. That's what I love. I don't... You know, I'm still learning about NFTs. And like you said, there's a lot there that is still unknown. And, and if this becomes a thing, right? If we, people, enough people get on board and say this is legit, then it will happen more. And then people will build. Because when you you bring up sync licensing, right? And imagine a, a a rap song on NFT. Like how many you know when when some of these? I used to work at a actually a publishing um company, right? And and, and some songs never get on a movie because you can't agree on it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people can't agree on it. So you know it's 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 interesting thinking that far ahead. But for me right now, it's just like I'm just glad people are thinking outside the box because the system is not working for artists.
0: That's true, definitely. You, you know
2: what I mean like um it's funny you say th- there are some people that really love their contracts. Either they were mentored or they learned. You know what I mean? Like Tom Petty had to fight to get his like rights back. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So it it's like it's tough but you know COVID really impacted the industry a lot. You know, a lot of people make money through touring and merch and that was like gone. So, you know, it's interesting, You know, I, before the pandemic started, I'm like, I really wonder how this is gonna change the music industry. And I think this, and you know, NFTs and blockchains are the beginning of that conversation. Like people are starting to, to notice, like we can't rely on just one thing. So like, what can we do? So I am team artists and them <laughs> finding a new way to make money.
0: See, in, in COVID, definitely, like it doesn't, if there's no touring, Then there's not too much the label can really like there's no like more doors that the label can really open for you. If touring is completely shut down, you're just promoting yourself through IG live. But I don't know. I feel like the artists that are getting their little that are making all of their money from the little two thousand three thousand dollar club walkthroughs. Like I think I think those guys are, are happy for their labels like Migos. I think they like QC. Like I think they're thankful for QC. I think Yachty is thankful for QC. I don't think they would abandon QC to just yeah, I mean, start their career with NFT, that's making, my yeah, only point.
1: Yeah, Yadi like started his own like coin, like his own crypto coin or whatever, and that's he made that's like that's three
0: hundred K from it in a day. Well, that's that's a whole different conversation because that's like the start of crypto influencing. Like that man was like an influencer. He basically like the website that hosts his coin paid him basically like promote our website, and you can launch your coin on it, and then they both ate off of the endorsement but I don't know. I still think uh, until there's an enough like robust structure in the, in the world of NFT where an artist, cause right now artists are just starting to understand label contracts and get a little <laughs> bit of security with that after a, like a hundred years of confusion. So I don't know if, I don't know if the NFT, like if there's no NFT contract, I'm not sure how many artists are going to be on board. I think it's going to be hard getting a newer artist on board, but, I'll support it. Shit. If people are getting paid, I'll support it. Always.
1: If, if I was someone's manager, I'd say um, NFT. Be an early investor. Be one of the early people. Watch it pay off like crazy in a decade. Probably more than your traditional contract would. That's what That's I just was thinking. Yeah.
2: I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if the people doing it now will see the most money out of it. Because then rules are going to start to come in. But I don't know. Like People like Beyonce, I'm sure they would find a way to get a bunch of money down the line. I don't know.
1: I really want an artist like Beyonce, like Chance said, Drake. I want an artist of like that level to do it. Like if we're getting like Tory Lanez who like got quote unquote canceled, if he's making like 400,000 in an hour. No, than anybody. Imagine There's what anybody the on that. would make on this. Like it would be insane. So I really want to see like one of those artists do it. Um, but that's it for the topics. Unless you guys have any more questions for Jen.
2: No more questions. Like, dude, no, <laughs> no final thank words. You. Really, just thank other than uh, thank you so
3: much coming on the show and uh, joining us this week. It was a pleasure to have you.
2: Of course, thank you guys. I had so much fun.
1: All right, Chance, you want to take us out with your unheard artist, or do you have one? No, I'll play something
3: Not that Black is King. Uh, play that one. I go like, Mr. Beyonce, and she's like,
0: "Come." Wait, down, wait, wait! Time out. out. He's I'm playing a like, song from the Lion King album. All right, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking. I'm taking. No, me, um, you, I'm taking. unheard spot. And he makes he makes <laughs> fun of my <laughs> artist. You make fun um, of my artist. Can I just not play? play
3: something from now? Get, can we get just out, just out of here, here with man. that. Can we just not now? Nah, you're good. From you're, good. you're good.
1: Nah, you're good. No, you're good. You're good. I'm gonna play um Black Star Kids, it's like this um Black Alternative group. I'm gonna play the track "Acting Normal." I heard out. I think I went to work for the last time today. Try my luck at
3: school, but I'm sad to say That I've done living for you, I'm gonna find my way You say I'm a screw-up, I'm a basket case I was a... At school, always sleep in the class. Mama scared for my future. Teacher said I won't pass. Let me eat you are your words. mommy's problems won't last. I can't even put in words all the things we will have. I'm gonna be a rock star, selling at every show. You should try and get a job just to see how it goes. Now I'd rather go with Drake, and than go on the road so I can come back home to everybody I know. But if not, at least we tried I know they say you need an education to survive I need to give my dreams a fair chance or I'ma die So trust me, mom, we good over here we alive
0: Podcast over, dog.